Welcome to the Uncivilized Podcast. My name is Trevor Bohm and I will be your host. Every week or so, I try to get myself a fascinating human on the mic for you, someone who looks at the civilized world just like you do and says no thank you. Someone who wants to break some rules, to lead, and to bring their unique vision into the world. Someone for whom the status quo simply will not do. I hope you enjoy these conversations as much as I do. Please dive in. Welcome to the Uncivilized Podcast. This is Trevor Bohm, your host. Today I'm speaking with a good friend of mine, Fabian Rodriguez. And Fabian and I met at Sacred Sons last year, or maybe it was a year and a half ago. Time kind of flew with COVID. And Fabian's a really, really interesting dude. He's a medicine man. He's a ceremony facilitator, and he's a plant medicine expert. He works with groups of men and women in plant medicine to really shift the way that they see the world. He calls back in the sacred for so many of them. I love this conversation. I love when people who have had a little bit of trauma in their background have to go back and heal it. And when they do, massive doors open and their lives change forever. This is one of the most fascinating conversations I've had. At like the three-quarter mark, Fabian drops a bomb that was like, oh, wow, wait a minute. We're going to have to go talk about that. Did you just say that you were in federal prison? So listen to this all the way through to the end. I know, man or woman, you're going to walk away with a ton from this. Ladies and gentlemen, Fabian Rodriguez. Fabian, welcome to the Uncivilized Podcast. I appreciate you coming on. For people who don't know who you are in the world or follow your work, I know this is such an American question, but would you give us like the the one minute elevator pitch of who you are and what you do? Uh, I'm funny you say that because I've always struggled with this one. Even when people go, hey, can you send me a bio? I'm like, oh man, I got to send the like, let me condense a couple chapters of my life down to a couple words. Exactly. Uh, you know, and it's interesting because I've I've gone through a lot of labels, I guess we could say, mm-hmm. and it's been this process of undoing labels, and 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 so when it does come to even just podcasts, I come to this. Uh, I don't do resumes or or, or job interviews anymore, so yeah. <laughs> working for myself. So those days are over of trying to come up with uh, who I am, a resume. So really, what I've come to wrapping it up is. Um, Uh, it was actually given to me more if anything when somebody once told me to go hey you're a medicine man aren't you and i was Mm, like uh uh, explain that and and it resonated but i'd never labeled myself that i never you know uh used that term but it was it was more of a i felt very honored and gifted with that being a medicine man and he explained and he was an elder Mm. and, and he was watching me at this event, a uh, ceremony work. And he's like, Oh, you're a medicine man. He goes, yeah, you carry different medicines with you. And, and, and that really stuck with me. And, and, you know, by, by all means, everybody's a medicine person, you know, everybody carries their medicine, whatever it is, their gifts. And so, so really that stuck with me. I don't put that on my business card. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't go, Hey, I'm a medicine man. Uh, but, but in my own, in my own rights, I, I, I do feel that, that I carry my medicine and that's what's been, what's resonated with people. And so with that being said, I do host ceremonies. So I facilitate ceremonies throughout the U.S. and also abroad in, in Mexico and in Peru, working with plant medicines, mm. mostly earth medicines. I also facilitate sound. So I'm a sound facilitator doing uh, sound journeys, which is basically also a sound ceremony, similar to being in a in a medicinal ceremony, uh, just Beautiful. using sound. And so, and along with that, I'm a father. I'm a father of a 21 year old daughter. I saw that today and I was like, did he have a kid at nine? Like, yeah. <laughs> that must, people must think that that's, and I mean this with all respect. Yeah. Like that's your spouse or your girl. Like, you are, you are a young looking man. Oh, yeah, I get that. I've gotten that. People go have asked, like, oh, is this your uh, partner or something? Yeah. I'm like, that's my daughter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 43 years. So wow, good for you, man. Yeah. So I feel good. I'm in a good place. So that's so that's another thing, uh, being a father. Yeah, so that's, that's, a ma- that's massive. It was, was your upbringing in the medicinal world, in the spiritual world, or was this something that you had to take on yourself more so in an, an adult fashion? 
Yeah, this far from it. I, I, nothing about this was uh, in my upbringing. It became something that, as on my path of awakening and remembering, mm. these were the uh, the tools that really helped me on that path. And a lot of times, you know, I, I, I there, there's medicines. I mean, you could do breath work. You could do right. you could do Kundalini yoga. You can you <clears throat> name it. There's all sorts of tools for finding your gifts, you know, and mine just happened to be uh, working with medicines and plant medicines and going to the jungles and working with uh, the indigenous that just little by little, that was something that reminded me of uh, the way back home, basically. Ooh, I love it. There's, there's, I've written down, if you watch me taking quick notes, there's so many beautiful words that you've used here that I don't think are common in the Western culture and, and are just starting to come into the collective male culture, one of which is ceremony. Would you mind describing in your words for people who are listening to this, who don't have a background in plant medicine, are new to men's work and are curious just about what does that word mean to you? And then how do you see the lack of it as a, of an effect on society right now? Good question. Ceremony really is once you once you take you the understanding of what ceremony is, you understand that life is a ceremony. Mm. So that's one thing that I've uh, along this path of learning ceremony and learning what is sacred. It's become that just life is one big ceremony, you know. Whether and, and being in, in an actual ceremony mm. is just a small glimpse of what life is. When being in ceremony for me, it's been this glimpse into all the emotions, all the ups and downs, all the trials and tribulations of our everyday life condensed into this this short bit, you know, a couple hours of being there and, and really going introspective and and reflecting and and being given visions and and mm. getting that deep connection. Now, somebody stepping into something like this for the first time. Uh, yeah, it could be a lot. It's it's uh, a, you're getting condensed view of everything you've been through, and and even stuff that's not yours. So some a lot of this also I I touch the topic on ancestral uh, traumas, ancestral mm. lineage, and in <clears throat> this helped me on my path coming into the life of ceremony is by also when I was a father and looking at all the connections that went beyond me from my father, what was passed on through my father. And it was literally almost like a, a like a, a flip book, you know, like going through this images of, of, of what was mine, what's I brought onto my life as well as what was put onto me. Let's mm. say, you know, that was passed on from my father, from his father and going down the timeline. And so that's been something in, in a, deep plant ceremony, you know, mainly working with ayahuasca. I've been working with uh, the same maestro in Peru for about eight years now. And wow. I go multiple times. I'll sit out there working on my own isolation in jungle um, and just really sitting with it, sitting with myself. Yeah. yeah and really reflecting uh, on nature, nature being just reflecting from the sounds to the beauty to everything that goes on in in the jungle of life and death you know so really the ceremony brought me to this other place of realizing what is sacred and that's been something that i've wanted to embody and i believe it's become just that's part of my embodiment is the sacredness of it all the sacredness of this whole life of the whole journey of the of the not so pretty, the ugly, the you name it. It's all sacred. Yeah. It's all become that for me. So beautiful. I appreciate that, I, that. Yeah. I'd love to dive into ayahuasca in a minute, but first just swing back. So when when you say life is ceremony, I want I want to speak for the guy, and I always use this one archetype, the plumber in Indiana. Who's like, bro, I get up, I have coffee, I go plumbing, I come home, I crack a beer, I, I fire up PlayStation, and then I watch some Netflix, I go to bed, like, tell me what about my life is ceremony. H how does that man start to just turn the dial as opposed to going from zero to 100? 
mm-hmm. zero to two to looking at his life and starting to see his life as a ceremony and, and even beginning to call in the, the earliest pieces of the sacred. How would you speak to a guy like that? Well, something that's innate within the human, I believe, is the, uh, the ritual, the ritual mm-hmm. of, of life, the ritual of things that we just find pleasure. We are, we feel whole finding a ritual. Now as for whether that's a healthy ritual or not, um, you know, that's, that's, uh, where I kind of come in with somebody. I'm like, okay, so your ritual is, uh, your, your sacred place is on the couch in front of the TV <laughs> and, and you, and you honor that beer. Very yeah. <laughs> you honor that coffee. Cause you, that most coffee drinkers, coffee is sacred to them. Yes, sir. Yes. It is the first you know? thing on my mind as soon as my eyes open. Yeah. And, and, and they have a reverence. So there, so we, we could all agree on that part. Mm. That there is that essence as for whether, like I said, it, it's beneficial to you on your life journey or not. Mm. You know, that's where we could start getting into. Mm. Uh, if I talk to Joe, the plumber and, and breaking down the rituals you know if you tell me what you do first thing in the morning from the moment you get up till the till you lay down it's pretty ritualistic it's pretty common you do the same thing in and out you know you know you don't want a a change up in your rituals Mm. so you know uh, and it's interesting you say that because i've worked with somebody exactly that you know and and luckily he came to me and and, uh, he was an accountant and, you know, I mean, I, I asked him, I'm like, hey, give me give me a rundown of your day from the moment you wake up. What is that like? You know, you're yeah. like, well, I, I wake up, my alarm, you know, I'm like, what's your alarm sound like? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it was this, he goes, well, it's just one of those loud ones. Uh, yeah. rah, rah, rah. I was like, all right. So, and same thing, I was taking notes and then uh, off to my coffee and, you know, turn on the news and I kind of listen while I'm drinking my coffee. Mm-hmm. And so I, I got a picture of his rituals, mm-hmm. uh, of what he he deems important in his life for him to to start his day off and mm-hmm. and and so that's where we and his issue was uh anxiety he had deep mm. lot of anxiety and so breaking it down i connected the his rituals to the outcome what what do you get out of your rituals oh, do, wow. you, do you get peace and do you get balance and groundedness harmony or or the opposite. Are you getting anxiety, depression, um, you know, tension, whatever it is. And so I was able to tie it from the, the, from the physical world to the subtle worlds, you could say, mm-hmm. you know, to the subtle bodies. And he started making the connection and deep down, we all know, we, we really do know, we do, we know, you know, we've seen it. We've got the internet. We've got all the information at our fingertips. You know, we've heard, Hey, drinking water is good. Hey, breathing's good. Uh, coffee, drinking coffee a lot might not be so good. So, so we innately know this, this, uh, almost universal rule. I can say that too much of something might, you know, you, you got to find the balance in between there. And so th- that's where I make the the connection for somebody like Joe, the plumber is going, are you, so, so you, you got the outcome, you can see what you're getting and, and you're not, happy about it you know the anxiety you're 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 you found me you came to me asking like hey well what could i do with this and and yeah i'm not gonna throw something deep you know go hey you got to chant these mantras and sit like this for hours and you know go to a mountaintop i broke it down to him just just like hey you know observe what you're doing with the coffee and the first thing in the morning and, and can you can you maybe take a day off and just let your body relax and and come into a can you breathe first thing in the morning see what that feels like cultivate i i tell this to people i'm like cultivate one minute of it because mm. one minute can turn into two two will turn into an hour an hour can turn into a lifetime beautiful and so it, it, it's really cultivate and, and that's where i'll tell you know and they they'll agree with that they go yeah well if i wake up and sit there and take a couple breaths before i kind of get going then drink some water before i drink the coffee that sounds like a good thing, you know. Like I can't knock that. Right. Um, and if they do, then hey, then I'll happily send studies, and you know, then we could go into really uh, the studies of it, and and so I'll just have them cultivate that little space, and and that is sacred. That's sacred. That little space, you know. And eventually, your default becomes not just that. Hey, when I step into 
a ceremony. Now I'm sacred. Now I'm mm-hmm. in ceremony. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I'm in an altar, when I light sage or Palo Santo, now, now it's sacred. It becomes the default where just life is sacred. So mm-hmm. you just see the sacredness in it all. And trust me, that changes the view of from your how you look at your job to our current situation in life. Sure. Uh, present moment. It all becomes sacred. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, appreciate that. I think that's great advice for a lot of people are so hesitant, I think, to start the path because they think, great, now I have to quit my job. Now I have to move to the mountains. Now I have to meditate 20 hours a day and give up meat, give up sex, give up fun and be miserable. And yet what you're talking about is such a user-friendly way to just begin the cultivation. I'm with you fully on that. Would you mind defining for people in your particular words, what sacred means? Yeah, what sacred means is uh, really is life. So everything that has been gifted to us, everything is a gift. I mean, just being here present is the gift of life Mm -hmm. because I could have not been here and or some other aspect of my earlier life could have gave me a different outcome. And so I view this as the sacredness of it all the just life you know the moment that you if you were to hold your baby just born you get that you're like okay mm-hmm. this is life innocent life and that is sacred mm-hmm. and and so I, I view the aspects of of life as the rituals mm-hmm. but life as the sacred ceremony that is the container of it all yeah. so really the um seeing and and something else within the sacred is just seeing it as a reflection of myself Hmm. so therefore if i see everything as sacred in in my environment my surroundings in the people that i i converse with then it reflects back to me and i'm like okay i I am sacred Hmm. i'm I'm sacred there's nothing to that and, and nobody could take that away from me and so that gives me the 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 operating platform to approach life and i can be like hey life is sacred and even when i get challenges and something gets thrown at me mm-hmm. yeah i want to curse at it and i'm like this is fucked up this is just a fucked up situation yeah it's, so i could switch the perspective and not even switch the perspective uh, the perspective is already there that is the default the the switch is actually when i fall out of it <laughs> you know, so, so that's down the road it, yeah. it is is holding on to that where that becomes a default. And I go like, okay, I see a universe. I see what you're throwing at me. Mm. Thank you for that lesson. Cause all, you know, I got to this point was learning through all the tough lessons. For sure. And so that's, that's uh, really something that's sacred to me. That's beautiful, man. It's such a great perspective. And it, it isn't, doesn't sound bypassy. You're like, you are still like, fuck, the situation's hard. This sucks. I wish, oh, and there's more. Rather than, wow, this car accident's the best thing that ever happened to me. I'm so happy, yada, yada, yada. And not even acknowledging the pain or the frustration or the challenge that I feel like uh, is quite easy to do. Okay, let's shift, if we can, to ayahuasca. It's such a powerful medicine. Uh, I've, I've used it myself. I've done in ceremony or been in ceremony. And yet I feel like it's there's two aspects to it societally right now. It's popular and cool yet still wildly misunderstood. Would you mind giving us the ayahuasca for dummies for people who are like, don't even know what it is or heard it's just, you know, six hours of puking and then you're, you're somehow enlightened. Would you mind sharing your thoughts and your, and even some of your experience with it? Yeah. Yeah. Like I said uh, earlier, I was, I've been working with it for about eight years. I go to Peru anywhere from three to four times a year. I go sit, I, uh, I've taken people out there to experience it and worked with the same maestro for years. Uh, also other plant medicines. So ayahuasca being one of the main medicines they work with, but it's really the, what's called the dieta, what they work with mostly. So it's really dieting on other plants. Okay. Ayahuasca is just uh, after cleansing and doing this work with other plants, then you sit with ayahuasca and then it's a, a completely different experience okay. versus just coming there and drinking ayahuasca and you know, you've been eating just bad and just the lifestyle is not supportive. So something that I tell people before coming to 
stepping into that uh, drinking ayahuasca uh, is um, to take a, a, a moment to really see where you're at, if you're aligned with it, because not every medicine is for everybody. And at the same time, every medicine is for everybody. Right. So, uh, so because, yeah, because of the popularity of it, so a lot of people are trying to just get to the finish line and, and, and get the answers. Now, ayahuasca, like many other medicines, don't heal you. They don't just give you the answers. They don't just go like, here, you're good, you're go, you're enlightened. Go. <laughs> Not at all. If anything, it can make it even more challenging, yeah. you know? because now you had to deconstruct what you thought was life or your perspective of it. And now you're opened up your perspective a little wider. So, so you have to do some change-ups and also it, it's uh, one of the most powerful medicines. So I, I do tell people make sure that you're in a place uh, of somewhat being grounded, that you have a good grasp on, on, on where you are. You know, mm -hmm. so it, it's been a, a communing with it for me now. I, I don't I have to drink too much of it. I, I uh, really commune with the spirit of it. And I've come to see that it's uh, it emanates from me. So it helps others. And, and that's something that I hold very deeply within me that uh, this medicine has not just worked with me, but it worked through me. Mm -hmm. and, and so if somebody's to hear about it and they want to learn more about it, definitely do a lot of the research. I recommend going to the source, you know, versus uh, I, I've, I think I've uh, sat one time here in the, in the U S mm -hmm. and that was with a friend that I've uh, carried the medicine. And other than that, I've gone straight to the source, back to the jungle, back to the indigenous to honor where it comes from the mm -hmm. deep connection of these wisdom keepers that have, guarded this information for so long. So the medicine is not just ayahuasca, but the whole experience of it, mm. you know, um, understanding the indigenous culture, understanding where this comes from. And, and so that gives, and it being a vine and it's rooted, it gives you that, that aspect. So you take on that, that trait that, that, uh, of it is, be getting more rooted into into the depth of like really the earth of where it all comes from yeah. and so it's it's a beautiful experience it's challenging you know i i don't sugarcoat it it's it's you're gonna face yourself you're gonna really step into it but that's really what it does it just presents uh th these aspects of yourself to to look at hmm. you know would you mind talking a little bit about the actual ceremony so that again, I'm thinking of Joe the plumber who's like, yeah, I heard about this stuff. Uh, so I got to go to Peru. What do I do? What do, what can I expect physically? Just a little more of like the lay person's view on it. Like I was saying with the with the indigenous there, they they recommend, you know, doing the dieta. Just cleanse the body, cleanse uh, the mind, the spirit, cleansing yourself of, of really the toxins you can say even you know on a physical level breaking it down to just like hey all right uh before we go can you hold off on on drinking and and uh taking in oils and and supplements and you really strip yourself down you, you know strip it down they go as far as uh, you know okay no sex for a couple of weeks before no alcohol you know, meditate, start, start getting into a, a place, setting yourself up. You know, let's, I, I use the analogy of if you signed up for a marathon, you, you, you can either really start training better. You train the more that you're going to do well in, in the race, or you can wait till the day before and you go like, you know what, tomorrow I got a race. <laughs> and when you're at the starting line, you'll be telling yourself, you're like, man, I should have, I should have yeah. gotten ready for this. For sure. You know? At the end of the race, you're going to feel it. You're going to yeah. be like, that was painful. I'll never do that again. You know, but, but if you would have trained months beforehand, you're running that race and you're like, I, I want to do more. I, I, I feel the benefits of it. So, so in that aspect is aligning oneself with the best that you can, you know, I mean, it's challenging here. I get it. You know, we're in the city. If you're living out in the countryside, Hey, you've got, you're growing your food, you're, you're away from EMF, you're away from noise pollution, uh, light pollution, you name it. Um, so, so I, I 
uh, when I take somebody out to the jungle, I give them really uh, exactly kind of things to do, the, the, you know, the, to the best of the, their ability. Now, once they've uh, done the best that they could to that, is coming into the jungle, we, we go into the jungle, basically. And once we sit in ceremony, it's a, it's a six to eight hour experience. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a powerful, psychoactive, uh, hallucinogenic um, and being that you drink just a small amount of a, a bitter drink. And with the guidance of the maestro, the shaman, you could say is uh, that's where they guide you into these spaces. And now we're talking about another level of, of, of not just the physical, but we're working on some other uh, levels you could say of consciousness. And in those realms is where a lot of this things are presented where, you know, you may come in with an intention. I actually tell people, Hey, come with an intention of kind of what it is. You know, I want to heal my past trauma. I want to work on figuring out where my path is taking me, what my purpose is. And, but in there also let go of your intention. I also mm-hmm. tell people don't, don't attach to the intention, let it go. Cause sometimes yeah. it's something it's, it's beyond what you even know. It's something much right. deeper. It's that there's, there's a Mack truck in your side view mirror that you don't need. <laughs> your, intention, your intention was to turn left, but little did you know there's, there's a truck right there. That's a great analogy. <laughs> like you don't get what you want, but you get what you need. Yeah. yeah. So many times. And, and we do three ceremonies there and, and they sometimes stack on each other. They'll, you know, second ceremony you'll understand what the first one was mm-hmm. and i'm there to also assist uh participants in, in during the process because some some yeah sometimes it could be very challenging where you're just mm-hmm. like okay I'm, I'm i'm done with the experience but mm-hmm. at the same time it's very rewarding and you do get that understanding of uh of another aspect of yourself of seeing yourself in a different light and that's really what all of these tools that are the the earth is i call these earth medicines because they've just been they're all over the place really right you know, whether it be a plant medicine an animal medicine a breath work a sun gazing whatever your tool is that it, it you're able to look at yourself here's the object that you thought you were that you think you are you're the object but then you become the observer of the object mm. now you're like oh okay well if i look at it this way it's a little it's different than if i was to look at it this way sure. now you can, you know, and then you could take it a step further. You could go, <laughs> ayahuasca will make you the observer of the observer of the object. <laughs> yeah. And then you can become the observer of the, the observer of the observer and so on, you know. Now you're really looking at at whatever uh, it is in your life uh, from so many perspectives. So you really go quantum where you can really dissect something and, and look at it from, let, let's say um, I had an experience of, of my father in there and it's something that I was angry about, you know, him, uh, stepping out of, of my life. I was angry about him and, and you know, and I was like, you know, like that's pretty messed up. Mm-hmm. And ayahuasca put me in his shoes. I became him. Mm. I experienced what I, he was going through, through his eyes. Wow. And, and, and I felt compassion for him. I was like, Oh shit. He was doing the best that he could. Right. That you know, he, he did the best he could because that's what he learned from his father. Right. And at that moment, I I just had compassion for him. I wasn't angry. I was like, I'm not mad at you. You did the best you could. Now, it, knowing that he did the best that he could, that that's what the what showed me. It also put me in my place of going, hey, well, then what was that expectations that you wanted? Were those the expectations mm-hmm. that you should have been here for me? You should have been this type of father. Right. And so so I was able to discern those two. Mm. and and i remember coming back i gave him a call out of the blue after years i was just like hey you know what? it's all good like you did the oh, best you could i'm doing well me and my daughter were doing good thank you mm-hmm. and 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 it, i was able to thank him you know wow um, and so it gave me that i had to get pulled out of the object being you know right. being the being this i had to look at it from actually you know when they say hey uh, walk in somebody's shoes right uh, literally go hey what would it what, what, what were they going through? And yeah. yeah, he was going through his challenges and he didn't have the tools. Mm. 
And I was able to be like, hey, I ain't mad at you because I've also at times not had the tools. Right, right, right. We all can say that. Yeah. Well, it's super powerful. Folks, I hope you're loving this conversation with Fabian. We got off the phone afterwards and I thought, huh, maybe you can take a group of us guys in the nation down for an ayahuasca experience together. Hmm, food for thought. Now, if you guys are interested in joining the Uncivilized Nation, this is my personal membership group. Please check out www.manuncivilized.com forward slash the nation. This is the group of guys who have come together to follow the protocol to go from civilized, domesticated, and uninspired to fucking shit up in the world, to sharing their pain, to healing, to growing, and to doing all of it together. Again, www.manuncivilized.com forward slash the nation. Now back to Fabian. And I've heard story after story or story of story, you know, of people doing this, getting to look at things from different perspectives, getting to actually sit in front of people and have the conversation that they couldn't have in in a 3D reality, but doing it in in the medicine space. Um, so super powerful. What was your introduction to ayahuasca, if you wouldn't mind sharing? Well, that's an interesting one. Was uh, <laughs> I had a couple major points in my life, you could say awakening moments, you know, one was uh, having my daughter at an early age of like 21, then going to prison. I spent time in prison. So did four years in prison. No and kidding. That was okay. Awakening. And we're going to swing back around to that in a second. Yeah. This one <laughs> ties a lot of it together. Um, and then the third big one was I was in a long-term relationship after coming out of prison uh, and that fell apart. And she had an affair, and that really was the one that that, that got to the uh, cracking the heart open. Mm. You know, I was able to tap into like the emotional body versus working everything through my physical and my mental mm-hmm. approaches. And and so something that I did that I, I just need to get out of the city. You know, we both lived in the same city, and I was like, I need to get out. And so I took off to the mountains, went to the Angeles Forest, and just sat there in front of a fireplace. And I hadn't really done much camping then. And I started just going every weekend, going out there and just sitting and wow. just walking around. And I was like, wow, this is really peaceful. Like, I yeah. find a moment of peace. And not just peace, but I would actually also go to the cliffside and just yell it out. I would mm. curse and I was just... And and just echoes would come back, just right. would dissipate, and I'd be like, oh, there it goes. Wow. And so I was going back every weekend, and a friend finally uh, mentioned to me, he goes, hey, why don't you take some mushrooms with you next time? Mm-hmm. And he gifted me some mushrooms. And, and besides high school, maybe I dabbled with yeah. it, but nothing deep. I took them on. I was like, you know, I'm, I was in a place very open where I was like, you know, I'm open to 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 try something. And so I did, and that opened up a, a – a perspective for me, I, mm. kind of the same as ayahuasca. I was able to forgive my my ex partner. I actually let it go. I was like, you know, what? I'm not even mad at you. And I actually made the connection of why it happened. Mm. I actually was like, this had to happen for me to kind of get to this point to realize, like, what are you doing with your life? Mm. And, and so once again, what we were talking about, like observing it from the now outside, right? I was able to to really open it up and dissect and be like, wow, like I'm actually feeling grateful for the situation mm. before I was cursing and, and sure. angry. And so I returned and I started working with that medicine. That was one of the first ones that really uh, opened me up to being able to, to view things in a, a different perspective. And so I dove into this and started researching and being like, what is it in, in this, this mushroom from the earth that, that does this? And I went down that rabbit hole of psilocybin and, and synapses and, and, the neural networks being reframed. And, mm. and, and so I really, that captivated me. And, and on that journey of experimenting with it and, and diving in deeper with it and seeing what, what was shown, ayahuasca popped up on the internet one day. And, and I was like, well, what is this? And this is even goes, answers deeper questions for me. And now I was like, now where do you, where does one find a shaman in a jungle? Like where just <laughs> I Google this? Where do I? <laughs> and, Where's my shaman? Yeah. yeah. 
how did I find a shot? Where's the nap for this? <laughs> <laughs> so, I, uh, <laughs> but but the way universe works is when you start aligning to something, mm. it, it'll present the things that you, you know to get you going that that. Yeah way you know you start looking and the breadcrumbs will show up and sure enough a couple days later a friend reaches out and she's like hey uh so i'm going i'm gonna sign up for this retreat out in the jungle of peru for an ayahuasca retreat have you ever heard of this Mm. i was like no way i've just been researching this and and i was like sign me up i'm going i got it i got it this is it and so uh that was my first introduction to it years ago and uh i went on that trip and from that first ceremony um, the first ceremony, I really got two of the major answers and keys in my path that have helped me and that is still apply. Mm. And those were answer the call mm. and find the others. Mm. And those were my two messages that I didn't understand. And I was like, what does that even mean? Yeah. Uh, answer the call. I remember in that first ceremony, I stepped away with those two things. And I was like, I have no idea what that means. Um, I was Joe the plumber. I was actually during that time, I was competing in, in uh, men's physique. No shit. Bodybuilding. I was just like this. This It was all about the looks. Yeah. And I was deep in it. And the ex was the trophy wife mm-hmm. type of thing. And, mm-hmm. and so... It, I, I had this, I was like, well, what does that mean? Answer the call. I thought that was, I answered my call of, of refining my body and, and, mm. you know, and so uh, I came back and really pondered it. And when I, when I left the ceremony, the shaman, I speak Spanish and the shaman told me, he goes, conteste la llamada. And that, that means answer the call. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> wait a minute. Yeah. This, my thoughts or you know what was how they make that connection so really the that was anchored deep down and so um that was just like that first trip out there was like if they gave you the keys to the library and they said you got five minutes to gather all the information you can Mm. go yeah you know and you did you just grabbed books and tried to read whatever you could and time's up yeah. So I was like, you know, I need to go back and I need to spend time in this library, mm. go down the aisles and read books. And, and so that I came back to, to really answer, to, to find the answer of what those two things were. And on that first trip back to the jungle, uh, after a year of, of really processing what I'd, I'd learned or, or, uh, picked up on, uh, a couple friends wanted to come with me and some family members. And I was like, you know what? I think I, w- I want to bring some people back. Mm. And so they came with me, and that was my first introduction to bringing people, you know, bridging, bridging them over there. And that was find the others. Mm. That that answered the find the others and answer the call. I along the way was exactly that was being the bridge for people and and yeah. and the call of just stepping into who I am. And that was the medicine of myself and just that yeah. that that was helping others. Wow, man, that's, it's amazing to look back, I imagine, and see all of these things line up that at the time made no sense, mm-hmm. right? It's, you know, you're a bodybuilder, you're completely in the physical, judgmental, kind of not, I don't mean this in the psychological way, but like narcissistic mode of, it's all about me, it's all about my body, it's all about how I look, it's all about how I exist in the physical plane, and then to just get something so profound like emailed into your brain from medicine. And then now here we are, how many years later, where I imagine every aspect of your life has shifted drastically. Yeah, completely. Where it, um, I had to integrate all those components of who I thought I was, all these, mm-hmm. I was a father at this time, then over here I was bodybuilding and all yeah. these different parts uh, into integrating them all into just who I was, you know, and yeah. I accepted all those parts of myself. And so it is a, uh, what I, when I coach somebody, what I call the integra- integrative lifestyle. Mm. Your lifestyle is just in t- integrating all these aspects from the shadow to, to you know, your fatherhood to all those parts. So, so that was part of my journey was bringing all those parts in and, and seeing it like, okay, this is who I am. I'm not breaking it all up. Wow, and, that's super powerful. Yeah. And it evolved from there and I still, you know, 
I do my workouts. I, I train people. Now it's more of a functional training, but also bringing in the aspects for my clients of like, okay, well, you're not getting to this goal that you've, you've, you've wanted. It's not just because something that you're eating or something. Maybe it's something deeper. Maybe there's some emotional attachment here that hasn't been uh, addressed. And yeah. so in, in training, the physical aspect gave me just a, a, a crack in the doorway to enter into all these other subtle parts of, of oneself. Beautiful, man. Would you mind sharing a little bit about your experience of prison and what that was, what that was all about? Yeah. So during, so during those times of trying to figure out my path or figure out who I was, I um, became a drug dealer, <laughs> plain and simple. Yeah. I was in my early twenties was selling cocaine mm -hmm. and eventually it caught up to me yeah. and through the fed system, I got caught up in the, through the federal system and ended up serving about four and a half years. Wow. So that was a major change up and awakening for me that I, you know, who I thought I was invincible, untouchable, and to have everything stripped from you from to your name, you know, I was just right. a number shaved head, wow. no hair, um, stripped it all down. And at that moment I, I made a, on that first day in there, I made a commitment to, to continue, uh, to start this figuring out who I really was. Cause I, what I thought I was, it just got taken away down to my daughter. I was now not even a father. I was away from my daughter. I was, wow. I was like, I, I, I've, I've really, uh, removed all the labels for myself. Um, not even a civilian in society. I was just locked right. up in a place. You're and so, removed. yeah, completely removed. And, you know, it's like, I don't regret it at this point. Mm -hmm. I had to go through that. And that's that going back to, to that switch of, of the defaults I was talking about was yeah. oh, I have great, I have gratitude for that part of my life that I had for to go sure. through. And, and so, <laughs> being caught up in a, a conspiracy case and given five, you know, and I was looking at 10 years yeah. and was able to get five, five and a half, just because first, first time offense, uh, nonviolent crime. And so, so in there, I, I, there was also, I came to a point where I could have gone down two different roads. Sure. One was, uh, let the time do you or do the time mm -hmm. as the saying goes in there. And, a lot of guys are letting the time do them. They they're in depression. They're just watching TV and just blanking out. You know, they just want to get over over yeah. it. Uh, I dove into reading, into uh, I started going to every religious uh, gathering they had there. I sat with uh, you name it with the Buddhist to Christian to Catholic mass and reading all their books. I had nothing but time on my hands. So I was right. reading the Quran. I was going through the Bible. I was like, you know, a lot of times people find their, their calling in prison or find yeah. God. They yeah. say. And, and I had come from a Christian background and that, that had broken up a, a while before even being locked up, but I revisited it. I, I was mm. like, you know, let me revisit this with a different, uh, this different lens that I have now. And, and, but one thing that did, uh, really, uh, I connected with mostly was I was able to sweat with the native Americans. So they had a sweat. Oh, wow. And I was an artist in there. And so I would paint, they asked me to paint their drums and in return, they allowed me to sit in their sweats. Wow. And at that moment being in a, in, in a sweat of suffering. And I was like, why did I do this? I am mm. just in here um i had this moment of clarity of of just that this was nothing this was so temporal this body mm -hmm. this whole experience uh, uh, that i was able to just let go and and i uh, that was my, really one of the first moments of, of letting go of of being in, in at peace i was completely free while still being in prison and and you know i was i felt mm -hmm. completely free i i um that's wild. I continued that practice there for four years. And when I came back out, I had just this sense of gratitude that I, I mean, I, I remember looking at flowers and the grass and not having seen color, 
vibrant color in a long time. Yeah, I bet. I mean, it brought me to tears. I, I remember sitting outside when they first dropped me off at the Greyhound station. I saw uh, this planter with flowers and I was just crying. I'm like, wow, I've not seen that vibrant pink in wow. so long. You know, and and, and so that shifted uh, my perspectives of the gratitude. And, and now going back in my, in my story a little bit, I got out, I have this sense of gratitude and I'm walking around with this peace and people seeing me differently. And now in prison, I got into working out. That was the other thing besides yeah. studying and, and reading and learning to meditate in there. I learned to meditate. I just sat there that had nothing else to do, but sit. Yeah. And so I learned meditation. Um, and at the time I didn't even know it was meditation. I was just like, it's nice to sit here and <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to zone out. Yeah. <laughs> but in, in that process, I, I found this peacefulness that I'm like, I, I got to go out there every morning and sit there. Mm. And, and and so uh, I got out. I still continued, you know, uh, working on my physical self and and holding that gratitude. But I lost sight. And that's where I began going into bodybuilding and really going into the physical even more. Mm. Uh, I, I started losing some sight of that gratitude of being out and and so that's where the story picks up, where mm -hmm. I dove into that and uh, and started, uh, and that's where I found a partner, and it became a very um, superficial thing, really, mm -hmm. the whole my whole lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And so, universe, God came back, and it's like, ooh, you 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 got the lesson, but you were close, <laughs> close. Let me just pull this rug from under you one more time. Yeah. And and now in prison, it's a very physical, mental thing. You know, I yeah. shut down the emotional because you could really get emotional, but I had to shut that down. Sure. I had to, you know, carry myself in a certain way in there. Sure. And so uh, I didn't really, you know, besides a couple of times I really broke down on my own. It's got to be quick and wrap that up and put that away. Yep. Uh, and then, but once I got into a relationship and that failed at that moment, that was the moment that really the emotional body cracked open. Yeah. And I, I mean, it was probably more painful than prison. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You know? So that sent me reeling back into uh the who am I? Mm -hmm. So until until one gets to the to the pure essence, the 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 question of who am I, then one is ready to start this path. Beautiful. If you can't ask that question yet, then hey, you still got some time to to toil, you know, and by all means, toil away. Yeah. I tell I tell people that are deep in it, uh, I'm not sitting here trying to be like, hey, you should be getting out of it. You know, don't you see this? Just hit the switch and get. Right. You got to go through your process. Yeah. And so that's that's the toiling. You mm. know, you may have to toil for lifetimes even. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm an American. I want to fix it this weekend, man. <laughs> right. You know? One last question, if you don't mind, I really appreciate you sharing so openly the whole time, but especially about that last chapter. How did you reorient and recreate a relationship with your daughter after coming out of prison? Yeah, that's been an ongoing process, which literally has been down to just a couple of weeks ago. I even dove deeper into my story, opening up to her because I came out with so much guilt and shame yeah, that I was like, I don't even want to share the story. Uh, when you want to tell her what went on and why we have these uh, this disconnection, mm. you know, and and that was something that in my one of my first men's groups, I was like, you know, what? I'm on a, I have all these great aspects of my life like dialed in. I've been putting the puzzle pieces together. I've got this practice here. Uh, I'm being of service here. Uh, everything. My health is great. All these parts, but my connection, with my daughter, I, like that puzzle pieces does not has not fit yet and that was a hard part because i felt like all the other parts could fall apart because that that main that important part wasn't there mm -hmm. and so i really um struggled with it was because of that my time away from her it created a drift and where I, I you know between her two three year old three four those important part uh ages i wasn't there so so I, I saw the 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 separation that there was, you know, and and so it's been a, a ongoing process of myself opening up to her more and more to the point where she's seen me cry. She I remind her how much I love her. I'm wow. I'm 
I'm being present. Now I'm not, and I'm not doing it in a, a sort of making up for it. Right. It's a very present moment now because I appreciate life. I appreciate the gifts that I've been given, my freedom, my, you know, all these gifts. And to see her is the ultimate, you know, that's, that, that represents, uh, it reminds me of like, okay, you're, you're doing it. You're doing it, Fabian. And so I, I remind her of, I'm like, I, if anything, I thank her. I, I give her thanks. I thank mm-hmm. her for being that reminder. And she's like, why are you thanking me, dad? <laughs> You're always thanking me. Like, yeah. you know, and, and, and I tell her, I'm like, maybe someday you'll, you'll understand it. You know, yeah. I know she feels me and she sees my the presence and, and some of these things we do without understanding. And later on they click. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> so kind of like you were saying, um, how'd you, how'd you know that was going to make sense later on? I, it, it, it clicked for me in the later part, all that work that I was doing in the prison later on, it clicked. I'm like, Oh, that's why I was doing this, you know, mm. so I can be present here at this moment. Uh, and so now we have a great relationship. She's also evolved in her life. She's 21. So she's on, she's a grown, you know, young adult. And so now we have a, uh, we can have this discourse and this discussion and, and this connection on this uh, a level of like, you know, she sees me as her father, but also as a guide, as a friend. And I see her the same thing as a guide, as a friend and as my daughter. So wow. it, it's, I'm very grateful for it. And, uh, and that first men's group, like I was saying, that's what I brought to the table. And I was like, Oh man, I'm just a terrible father. I'm mm. not there. I repeated what my dad did uh, when I said I didn't want to. And, and I, I, I was reassured by the brothers. They're like, just trust it. Just mm-hmm. trust that it's, you're doing it. You're, you're present. You're showing up, mm-hmm. you know, and they'll, they'll just trust that part that you're showing up, keep showing up. Yeah. And, and that goes with life. Show up, show up to ceremony, show up to the ceremony. Cause you don't know what's going to be shown up, what's going to be shown to you. So always yeah. show up to life because life is the ceremony. Don't miss out on it. It's an amazing life, an amazing ceremony. <laughs> Beautiful, brother. That's a, a perfect place to drop the mic. I appreciate you so much sharing all of this. For people who are interested in finding out more about you, contacting you, working with you, where do you hang out? Where can you send people to uh, to get more Fabian? Uh, reach out to me, whether it be through social media uh, as Realization Nation on Instagram and Facebook, uh, also through website at realizationnation.com. And you can find my email through there. Send me a message. There's information for upcoming events I'll host. I'll be in March going back to Peru after this whole time. I haven't been back and I want to visit the the people there because I have a mm. deep connection and would love to just kind of get out of all this and go sit in nature for a moment. So if that's a calling for you, by all means, reach out and uh, I'd, be lo- I'd love to guide somebody out there. Beautiful. And again, thank you for how you showed up on the interview and how you're showing up in the world, especially as a man and and guiding other men. I really appreciate you and appreciate your time, man. Have a great day. I'll chat with you soon. Thank you very much. This is Traver Bohm signing off on another episode of the Uncivilized Podcast. If you enjoyed this, please give us a share. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. And if you're interested in getting a hold of my book, Man Uncivilized, whether you're a man or a woman, please go to www.manuncivilized.com forward slash the book and get reading.